Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. This is Greeny normally with Mike Greenberg, but I am not Mike Greenberg. I am Bamba Wilson. He's also not Mike Greenberg. He is Joe Fortenbaugh. We are, of course, filling in for Greeny today. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to us at ESPN Radio, at Amber W790, at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can also join the conversation at 888-SAY-ESPN. That is 888-729-3776. The NBA is on ESPN Radio. Tune in tomorrow night as the Lakers host the Warriors, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN Radio stations. So, Joe, after 42 years, 12 Final Four appearances, five national championships, Coach K finally hanging it up as the head coach of Duke's men's basketball. And what's remarkable about that, you and I were just talking off air, that is quite literally our entire lifetimes, both of us. And neither of us are, you know, we're young in our hearts, right? But we're not yeah. necessarily so particularly young. And that's what's so unbelievable about it is for our entire lifetimes here, Coach K has been the head coach at Duke. Yeah, give me a second while I take my cholesterol medication and then go ahead and answer your question there. I, he, he literally, his first game that he coached at Duke was about two weeks before I was born. And I was thinking about that this morning. I'm like, this guy hasn't just been around for a little while or had a good career or a great run. He's been there my entire life, and I'm not young. I'm 41. The guy started coaching two weeks before. I was, think about what I did in these 41 years and what he did just at his job. And I feel very insignificant. I got to be completely honest. I feel like this entire 41-year run has been a complete disaster oh, being stacked to up to Coach K. You learned to talk. You got potty yeah. trained during that time. We're very I proud to of talk. you. I, I, I had some really nice dinners in San Francisco once. You know, those are my <laughs> thresholds. This guy's out there winning national championships and sending 10,000 players into the National Basketball Association. Well, we both learned to talk while Coach K has been the head coach at Duke. And now we get to talk to Chris Patola, ESPN college basketball analyst and former Duke assistant coach. He knows, of course, Coach K very, very well. So, Chris, first, just your thoughts on the legacy that he's leaving. What are your thoughts there? Well, you know, I thought you guys hit it on the head there uh, a moment ago. I mean, for a lot of us, it represents, you know, him stepping down. It, it represents the passage of time. You know, I like you guys, I mean, I was – I was born in 1979. He started at Duke in, in 1980, and obviously I wasn't following the program then, although I was seen as very advanced at that age of one. But, uh, it, you know, by the time I started getting all of my college basketball following life, he's been the guy at Duke. And, and the thing, I mean, look, I, I've known him since I was 15 years old. I've known him the, the majority of my life, and I, I think the thing that I admire the most about him is that his value system hasn't changed. Like, he still believes a lot of the same things that, you know, he was raised on by his two parents in Chicago and, you know, the values he was taught at, at his time at West Point. Uh, but he's, he's imparting those values differently. Like, he's got a different tone. He doesn't coach his teams now like he coached them back in the early 80s. He's changed how he goes about imparting his value system and standards uh, he has not compromised those, but he's figured out how to do it differently. And, I mean, he's won national championships in four different decades, and, and all of those teams have have looked differently, you know. I mean, even as recently as the 2010 championship, where you had three seniors and two juniors who started on that team, 
And then in 2015, you had a sprinkle of freshmen in the, the new one-and-done era. Just his ability to adapt over that long period of time and to stay relevant and to, you know, to be that good over such a long period, it's, um, it's incredibly unique, and it's, it's something that I admire the most about him. How is Coach K handling the buildup to the end of the line here? I mean, obviously the focus, the commitment, the hard work, those are all still there, but final home game this weekend, it comes against UNC, of course, and then on to the postseason. How has he been handling this buildup? You know, it's, it's a good question, Joe. I, I think he has been a little bit more open to it over the last three games. You know, look, it, it, there was a lot of folks, a lot of cynicism about a farewell tour, and and – he had his reasons for doing it. Um, I think he has tried to, to push away from the idea of a farewell tour, you know, trying to give this team its due and, you know, wanting this team to have their moment. But, you know, I, you've seen some, some moments, especially those of us who know him. Like, I think the, the speech from Tony Bennett a couple games ago on the road in Charlottesville, I think Coach got a, a little bit more emotional than he has all year. Coaching the other night against Jeff Capel, a guy who was on his staff for a long time. Um, I saw Coach get more emotional before that game, during that game, and then after that game. Uh, and then obviously this game on Saturday, I think we're going to see him really open up. So, I, I mean, I think I've seen him open up a little bit more over the last few games. And the thing about these games, guys, like there's a finality to the end of the regular season here in these moments. The thing about college basketball, he doesn't know when the last game in the ACC tournament and when the last game in the NCAA tournament is like, you know, it could come on a buzzer beater and, you know, say Duke loses or even if they win, you know, all of a sudden it's like, wow, okay, that the end is finally here for Coach K. So I think he's tried to drink it in more, especially in these games where you can kind of predict the finality of them. Former Duke assistant coach and ESPN college basketball analyst Chris Batola on with Amber Wilson and Joe Fortenbaugh filling in here for Greeny. So, Chris, day-to-day, you talked a little bit, of course, about his big-picture legacy, but day-to-day during your time at Duke, what was it like to work with him as an assistant coach alongside him? You know, he was he was an, really a great boss, to be honest with you. Um, and I had spent you know, almost 10 years in the military before I got on his staff. So it was uh, having him as a boss was actually very refreshing. Um, But, you know, you learn a lot about how to manage people. Um, You learn a lot about what's important. You know, like there there were times where, you know, he would would not micromanage. He would let you do your job. But then there were times where, where you could sense something was important. Some moment was important where he would lock in on it. Um, his preparation was maniacal. You know, that was, I learned how to work in a different way than I had learned in, you know, my previous professional life. Like he's nonstop when it comes to how he prepared for an opponent, uh, how he prepared in the off season, how he, you know, sort of that reinvention that I think he's known for, like how do you stay relevant over four decades? A lot of that work was done in the off season and, and, You know, so to to have a front row seat for that, um, to see how he changed during USA basketball. You know, I was fortunate to be a part of a a very small part of that run. And just to see how he changed from Duke coach to now coaching professional athletes and how, again, he, he didn't compromise who he was. He didn't compromise his value system. 
and what made winning teams, but he realized he was going to have to do it differently that, with the pros. Um, and so seeing that up close was, was really, really invaluable. Um, and then, you know, to be there during the period where, it, you know, I was there during that 2010 national championship where we had a really old team. And in my last few years on his staff, just seeing the, the philosophical change to the one-and-done era and, you know, deciding, okay, we're going to go after a Kyrie Irving or we're going to go after an Austin Rivers. And, you know, that was really the sort of the change in recruiting philosophy. So to see that up close, um, he's just a brilliant man. He's got a steadiness of judgment. Uh, and, and it was, you know, he never really leaped to any sort of judgment. And I think that came from just the amount of time he had been in the business. Uh, he was hyper competitive. Um, it was an honor that, you know, it, it was not to get sappy, but it was an honor to be a small part of it for the, the few years that I was. Yeah, I think it was an honor for everybody who has worked around him and, and, and played for him and also watched him and his teams over the years. Chris Batola, ESPN college basketball analyst and former Duke assistant coach. Chris, we probably overuse the phrase, it's the end of an era, but in this case, it really is the end of an era. Thanks so much for joining us and giving us a few minutes of your time and thoughts there. My pleasure, guys. Be well. Amber, if I'm Joe. Chris, I'm hitting up Coach K, and it's like, hey, can I get like two, three, maybe four tickets to this game? Coach K, yeah, yeah, of course. And I'm going right to that secondary market where the cheapest ticket to get in against UNC this weekend is $3,500. That's exactly what I was going to jump in here and mention to you. It yeah. would have been cheaper to get into Super Bowl 56 <laughs> than it will be to get into Cameron Indoor when the Blue Devils take on North Carolina. By the way, what a poetic ending, of course, to yeah, Coach K's tenure that it's coming there against their arch rival coming up next here on greeny more coach k because it is the end of an era so we stick with it we will hear from people who are very very close to coach k and of course have learned under him for years that's next this is greeny amber wilson and joe fortenbaugh filling in for mike greenberg greeny the podcast is Greeny with Amber Wilson and Joe Fortenbaugh filling in for Greeny here on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So, Joe, tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Eastern, Coach K is going to try to win his 475th game at Cameron Indoor. He has won 474 games at Cameron Indoor Stadium in his career, the 475th against their arch rival in the North Carolina Tar Heels, would be, of course, his very final game. And we mentioned earlier the ticket prices. I mean, you are talking 3300 bucks roughly and up to get into Cameron Indoor Stadium tomorrow. Are you, I mean, that's it's shocking, right? Like, I understand we're talking Coach K. I understand the legacy. We spent some time last segment talking about just how long tenured it is in addition to how wildly successful, obviously, he's been as well. It's remarkable the consistency they've had there at Duke. And it's an experience that you can't replicate in any way. And so, of course, from that perspective, it's priceless. But even all of that being said, and knowing how small that arena is, of course, for college basketball, as great as it is, we're not talking about huge venues here. I was still surprised when I saw the ticket price. I was at first, too, but then the laws of supply and demand, right? Cameron Indoor only seats like 9,300 people. So that's a small building, number one. Number two, every single one of his former players has been invited back for this game. 
that's a guy who's been coaching 41 years. So it's not like he has eight former players that are coming back and two had a wedding, one had a bar mitzvah, one was giving birth. So there's only four guys coming. Like there are in the hundreds former players coming to this game. Plus you're starting to see the rise in sports memorabilia, how former tickets for marquee events can fetch a pretty price on the open market. Like the first, uh, event Tiger Woods ever teed it up at. If those tickets are in good condition down the road, they end up being worth a lot of money. Now, I don't know how much money anyone's going to want to pay for Coach K's final game at Cameron Indoor, but it'd probably be worth something down the line. So you factor all that together and then you start thinking about 3,300 bucks and it's like, eh, I can see it. I'm not sure I'd get involved in it, but I can see it. I would maybe, if I was a, a huge diehard Duke fan, and particularly one who'd been watching Duke basketball my entire life, then I could see getting involved in that if you could afford it uh, or even stretching the pocketbook a little bit in order to be there for, again, that once-in-a-lifetime experience and honor his incredible legacy. The NBA is on ESPN Radio. Tune in Sunday as the Bucks host the Suns, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 3 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. I'm sure that environment, being in there in person, will be unbelievable in a yeah. way. Obviously, being there in person at Cameron Indoor, any game is unbelievable, particularly a game against North Carolina. But I would imagine... Imagine this one is going to exceed all the rest. Eric Henderson, South Dakota State uh, men's basketball head coach. He was on Freddie and Fitzsimmons, and he talked about just how much Coach K has meant to so many people. Being a South Dakota guy, he's obviously got to be on Mount Rushmore, right? Like, <laughs> well done. <laughs> he's, 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 he's the man, you know. Just, uh, you know, his, his mentorship, his voice. Um, for, for college basketball is incredibly powerful and he's done it in, in, in a way that has helped many, many people more than him. And, and so just that selfless approach to it, to, to make the game better for, for, for everyone and, and how he's been able to adapt and, and um, to, to, to young people and, and how they, you know, how to reach them throughout, throughout 40 years or 50 years or whatever it is. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 
And whatever it is, I mean, it's been unbelievable. 42 years for Coach K, the consistency and just the amount of lives and young lives he has been able to shape and mold and touch. I mean, it's really incredible. If you think about his reach, we talk about coaching trees, but talk about player trees over 42 years. And I don't mean guys that make it to the league, right? Cause most guys don't, I just mean generally lives. He has touched people. He has impacted with his leadership, with just his stability, with what he was able to bring to them as, you know, a leader or some of them for maybe even a father figure during some of their tenure there at Duke. I would imagine that he has just touched so many lives in so many ways. And then of course, those people have gone on to as well touch lives in so many ways that's the positive way of looking at it imagine being in that conference and getting steamrolled by him two maybe three times every single season for 41 years like bears fans think they have it bad with aaron Rodgers. imagine being in the acc with coach k for 41 seasons obviously we'd want to skew positive but you got to bring that up as well there are probably a few schools that are like all right forget that guy get him out of there oh yeah there will absolutely be (laughs) schools that will be uh, celebrating on Sunday when coach K's career is over because he will finally be out of their way but an unbelievable career that even those schools would have to admit uh, just what an unbelievable career it has been for them so maybe not sorry to see him go but still happy for what what he was able to bring to college basketball. According to research, 90% of employers planned to make enhancing the employee experience a top priority in 2022. After all, a happy workplace, like one that allows for a flexible schedule and focuses on company culture is key to attracting and keeping great employees. Maybe you'll keep one for 42 years like Duke was able to keep Coach (laughs) K. And if you need to add more employees to your team, there's ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology finds the right candidates for your job and proactively presents them to you you can easily review these candidates and invite your top choices to apply. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. Coming up, we turn our attention to basketball, but let's go on the pro level again. We'll go back to the NBA and, man, what in the world is happening with those Los Angeles Lakers? We will get into that and plenty more next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Wilson and Joe Fortenbaugh filling in for Mike Greenberg today on Greeny on ESPN Radio. You can tweet to us at AmberW790, at Joe Fortenbaugh, at ESPN Radio. So we have some big matchups this weekend in the NBA. Let's start, Joe, with the Saturday night matchup. The Warriors will take on the Lakers, two teams that frankly need this win for very different reasons, though, in terms of where their positioning is and what's at stake, at least with the Warriors, you still feel pretty confident they're going to make the playoffs with the Lakers. I'm not so sure at this point that we're confident that the Lakers are even going to make the playoffs. That's where we're at. Another ugly loss for the Lakers against the Clippers yesterday. They lost 132 to 111 in that game. And it just feels like to me, Joe, the the wheels are coming off here for Los Angeles completely. They're cooked. Whether they get into the play-in or not, it's not going to matter because they're not going to contend for a title. And when the season started, that was the goal, to be a legitimate contender for the title and to go out and win it so James could add to his legacy, right? That's not going to happen. We're not going to come anywhere near that. So whether or not they get into the play-in, it's still going to be a failure of a season. The team's lost seven of eight, during which time they've covered the point spread two times. 
They rank 24th in offensive efficiency behind teams like the Wizards, the Kings, and the Blazers. They rank 16th in defensive efficiency behind a team like the Minnesota Timberwolves. They have the second hardest schedule the rest of the way out, and perhaps most alarming of all, they've got a lousy culture right now. They don't seem to have any leadership whatsoever. It seems like James is upset with the front office for not mortgaging the future of the franchise in order to bring in more players. Whoever you want to put at blame here, whoever you want to point the finger at, doesn't change the fact that it's just a lousy operation right now. And that'll happen at times, but it is LeBron James, and this does go on his resume. That's how it works. Whether or not you want to put it on Palenka, if you want to put it on Westbrook, if you want to put it on the salary cap on injuries, it's on you. You want to be the greatest of all time? This goes on the resume. This gets discussed just like everything else. Well, I know that LeBron isn't putting any of it on him, or seemingly so anyways, because he's been doing a lot of finger pointing at the front office there for the Lakers, even though I think we all believe that Palenka is not making at least any of the most major moves without LeBron signing off in them. And that Westbrook acquisition felt or felt like it had LeBron's fingerprints all over it and obviously that has not worked out so it feels like to me there's some responsibility to be had by everybody there including LeBron James Russell Westbrook he was asked about his team not meeting expectations here's Russell Westbrook what did I envision I suppose I would imagine some wins I mean you say based on what I envision I want to know what you think I envision I would have but you envisioned coming here and winning a championship or at least being in a position. Is the season over? It, it, it certainly isn't on. Is the season over? No, sir. Thank you. So what did you envision? Since you you, you spoke for me, I want to know what, what you thought I envisioned. I mean, I've been at every press conference you've had this year, and you talked about, especially at the beginning, when you talked about what this could look like. Obviously, you envisioned a successful season. It, to your point, sure, could still happen. But where you guys are trending right now, it hasn't. I mean, you, you still answer my question. You I'm what did I envision? Yeah, you said you envisioned this to be a certain way. I want to know what you did. You envision it to look like this. I had no, I had no expectations. See, that's why you don't know. You don't know what I envisioned. I had no expectations. I come into every situation um, the same. Uh, last four years of me, I've been on different teams four times. So my envision of kind of think everything gonna be peaches and cream. I don't. That's not realistic. That's not life. Uh, so for me. Um, I come in every situation, um, start from ground zero and try to figure it out along the way. I have no expectations of how things will work, how many times I had a ball, what position I'm going to play. That's literally, um, you know, I just try to find ways to best help my teammates, and that's about it. That's a very Russell Westbrook type answer, Joe. And he, in 29 minutes, gave you 17 points last night, eight boards, uh, three assists. But obviously Westbrook has not been good overall for the Los Angeles Lakers. That's a very typical Westbrook answer. I don't just mean during his tenure here in Los Angeles. Like, he is that dude. He's a very, first of all, he comes across to me as kind of like a very zen guy. And he's like, he's been through a lot in his NBA career. And he's very much a vet. So he's, and he's been through so much with so many teams. And so much in terms of the expectations early on. And obviously have tapered off now at this point in the career. But he's still got the big contract that looks really ugly. So there's a lot of criticism to be had. And he always handles it now at this point in his career by saying, oh, you know, I 
it, it's basketball is not life essentially it's a very different attitude than we often hear from professional athletes because we're so used to these guys where winning is everything championships are everything and whatever sport they play is absolutely everything even if it's not we're used to them saying it and not having much perspective and Russell Westbrook is a guy who I guess has a lot of uh a large perspective in terms of life where it's like often family and it's often thing he talks about being able to drive his kids to school just as much as he talks about what's happening on the court there with the Lakers like those things are important to him it, I, well I'm getting to now I'm, I'm here where I want to be in LA so I'm getting to drive my kids to school that's more important to me than a championship from a, a life perspective I actually think that that fine like that's probably a healthy view but we know how this works in sports nobody wants to hear that when your team isn't meeting expectations and when your team is down which is one reason that Westbrook often rubs people the wrong way it's crazy to think this right now, but Russell Westbrook was in a vastly superior situation last year with the Washington Wizards than he is this year with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the Los Angeles Lakers. Full stop. Like, think about that for a second. Being in Washington, an afterthought franchise for probably the better part of two decades, he was better off. That He was playing better. He was getting a ton of recognition late in the season, putting up huge numbers, putting that team on his back and getting them into the playoffs, right? And now he goes to a situation where it's a storied franchise. It's his hometown. There's elite talent all around him, and he's worse off as a result. Again, a lot of this comes back to James. Great players get the best out of those around them. They don't throw him under the bus. They don't look to trade him for someone different at every single turn when you face adversity. Great players get those around him to raise their games. Look at how many guys... Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. 
ConstantContact.com. That played with Peyton Manning are going to go to the Hall of Fame. Like, remember guys like Anthony, he's not going to the Hall of Fame, but like Anthony Gonzalez at wide receiver. Everyone knows about Harrison and Wayne, but Dallas Clark. And you go through the list of guys he played with in Indianapolis. Any fantasy owner from that time knows all about this. Just big time production from these guys who, if they were playing elsewhere, and again, not Harrison and Wayne, but if they were playing elsewhere, the numbers would fall off. Manning was just able to get so much out of everyone because he played at a high level. He understood the game. I'm not saying James isn't playing at a high level and that he doesn't understand the game, but so often we see these situations with him where if it doesn't look good, everyone else is going under the bus. Rather than finding a way to put the accountability on him to shield his guys and then figure out how to get the most out of Russell Westbrook, it's let's leak stories or find ways to put Russ on the bench. Let's put Russ in a situation where he takes the blame, even though let's all face it, there's no way they're acquiring Russell Westbrook without LeBron James signing off on it. And when James has these commentaries in the bubble about how he wants his damn respect, this is the reason. Seasons like this, why some people aren't willing to give it to him. His greatness is undeniable, but he certainly puts a lot of negatives in, in, the, in that column when it comes to p- comparing him against the all-time greats. People are looking for evidence to take him down. And this season is a great example of evidence for how you can take him down in that argument for the all-time. Well, listen, LeBron James is emphatically one of the all-time greats, but everything you just said is also true. LeBron James, and I think it's truly representative probably of his generation, his generation of players. Like, he is into the subtweeting and the sub-messaging, right? And he he gives us the, the tidbits here and there with the press conferences and the things that he posts on social media, and it's always tea leaves, and sometimes it's quite negative, and he leads us to believe where the blame should be often when things aren't going right, and that's not something something exclusive to his tenure with the Lakers. He has done that also with Miami and he's done it with Cleveland as well. So that's just sort of how LeBron is. But for now, it feels a bit different because he's gotten more control every stop he's made since his original tenure in Cleveland, where he goes to Miami. I believed that was one of the reasons that he didn't remain with the Heat because that's always going to be Pat Riley's show there. He goes back to Cleveland. He gets a lot of control there in his second tenure there in Cleveland. He goes to Los Angeles. He's got the keys to the building there, and I agree with you. I don't think that there's anything including Russell Westbrook, and particularly Russell Westbrook when he's owed $47 million next season that gets done without LeBron James wanting it to get done. Nevertheless, just signing off on it getting done. He was probably the one, frankly, that pushed for it to get done to begin with. That's the kind of control he has. And I think he's earned that control. I think LeBron's the greatest player of his generation. I don't have a problem with him having the control. I just have a problem with you bulking the responsibility that comes with that control when it goes very poorly. And certainly that's what LeBron is known for. Now, there's the rumors out there that now the Lakers and Westbrook have a mutual interest in parting ways this summer. The no, big question, I no mean, that's way. not, a, I mean, the, the least shocking rumor ever. I could have invented that rumor as well because we all know it's true, I'm sure, underneath it all. The problem, of course, is how realistic is it going to be for the Lakers to get rid of that Russell Westbrook contract? That's a whole different conversation. But I think now where this conversation moves with LeBron is what do we do with LeBron for the rest of the season? Not only do we have the rumors out there, hey, he could demand to trade from the Lakers because he's so fed up with what's happening there with the front office again pointing fingers at Rob Polinka not so much at himself but also now I think we have to have a conversation with the Lakers sitting at ninth in the west 
it doesn't feel like they're necessarily even going to make a play-in type game. If they did, I don't think any of us believe that they'd have any success in these playoffs. So, Joe, is there a point then in keeping LeBron on that court? Kendrick Perkins, our ESPN NBA analyst, was on Get Up. He doesn't think so. You sit him down. You sit him down. A guy that's in year 19, that's 37 years old, that's banged up, that's out there giving it his all and his teammates are not. And his teammates are saying stuff like Russell Westbrook just said he didn't envision anything. Well, what the hell did you come to L.A. for if you didn't have a vision on winning the championship? See, that type of thing right there, if I'm LeBron James, makes me want to sit out. Because in LeBron James' mind, every year he approaches the game of basketball, a new season, he visions winning a championship. So for Russell Westbrook, and that's my guy, y'all all know how I feel about him, but he was dead wrong for that comment. And that's another reason why you should bench him, along with the uncertainty of when Anthony Davis is going to come back. I frankly don't care when these guys envision a championship. I don't believe that LeBron probably has envisioned one every single year. Like if we're giving him the true serum, particularly that first year in Los Angeles, I don't think he probably envisioned a championship. And you'll remember, Joe, they didn't even make the postseason that season. And it was like the first time in over a decade that LeBron had gotten any time off there in the summer. And it was remarkable what it did for a guy who was already in his mid thirties at that point in terms of his body. And then of course he's able to come back and win an NBA title. So I do wonder if Perk has a point here where if you're the Lakers, and this is assuming that LeBron is committed to them and on board and they're on the same page here, which, listen, they haven't been lately. But if you're the Lakers and you're planning to keep them and you're not going to be forced into a trade and whatever, then maybe you're having conversations with LeBron behind the scenes like, hey, this is a throwaway season for us. At some point, should we shut you down in order to save your 37-year-old body so we can go win a championship next season when we figure out some of these ugly contract situations we're in? There's absolutely a case to be made there, but I'd still leave it up to the player to make the determination as to whether or not he's going to play it out. Two big reasons why. Number one, he is chasing a lot of uh, statistical milestones, most notably eventually Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the highest scoring player of all time. So if he wants to continue to try to rack up the stats throughout the course of the season so he can chase down these milestones, go for it. Because when it's all said and done, you're going to own just about everything. So if you want to get it now or next year, that's up to you. You make that call. Number two, I mean, you're the, supposed to be the face of the league. And with 20 games to go, you have the second hardest schedule. And what that generally means is that you're going to play a lot of good marquee teams. They've got two more against Phoenix, two more against Golden State, one against Philly, one against Dallas, two against Denver, one against Utah. They've got some big-time matchups in there. You know, we're talking about TV revenue. We're talking about eyeballs on the product. If he's not going to play, the importance factor, the watchability factor plummets significantly off the side of a cliff. So I don't know if he wants to take that into account or the team, but you know the league would like to see him out there at least for a portion of the 20 remaining games. So I leave it up to the player if he decides, look, the best thing for us this season is going to be a waste. Let me get my rest. I'm I'm not going to be in the front office or with the coaching staff fighting that. Obviously, if I'm the league, I'd be disappointed in that. But if he wants to chase the stats as well, go get him. I think with what he's done in his career, he's earned the right to make the decision as to how he wants to play out the rest of the year. 
Yeah, there is no part of the league that wants LeBron James shut down. And there's no part of the league, frankly, that wants the Los Angeles Lakers not to at least make it into a play-in game, if not outright make the playoffs. Because the NBA, of course, is better when the Los Angeles Lakers are in the mix. It's hard to believe they're going to be in the mix. But they do have this matchup against the Warriors tomorrow night. And the Warriors have been sliding. They've lost their seventh game in their last nine appearances last Last night when the Dallas Mavericks took them out 122 to 113, they're going to need a bounce back moment here against the lowly Lakers. And I think they're going to get it. Steph Curry is going to need to step up to the plate. I think he'll be in the zone on Saturday night against the Lakers. Get in the zone is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, <laughs> AutoZone. That is called professional sports radioing. Joe Fortenbaugh, be impressed by that transition. I loved it. I loved it. I wasn't going to say anything for fear of stepping all over the glory that was that transition right there. It was beautiful. That was beautiful. Uh, go ahead and cut that one out, bosses, and uh, just ISO that puppy. So the Warriors are sitting at second in the West. They are seven games behind the Suns. They're still there. They're in a very different situation, obviously, than the Lakers at second in the West, but they've been heading the wrong direction here, Joe. Draymond Green. That's what this comes down to. It's Draymond Green. And if you're going to have him and he's going to be healthy for the playoffs, you got a shot at winning the West and subsequently winning the championship. If you don't have him, you're not going to win the West. You're not going to win the championship. Those are just facts. And I know that might be an unfortunate. Some people might say, well, no, Steph Curry can. Steph Curry can do quite a bit. But if you're going to go all the way, you're going to need Draymond Green. Draymond Green on off splits, however you want to look at any of the stats, the wins, the production, what he brings to that team sometimes can't even be measured in that. Oftentimes it can, but it's not just about the wins. It's not just about what he does on defense, because remember, he is a former defensive player of the year. It's not just what he does on offense, because he averages, I believe, over seven assists per game. He's one of the top guys in the business when it comes to that. He is one of the smartest players in the NBA. His basketball IQ is through the roof. He understands how that offense needs to run. He understands how that defense needs to be back in position. He's essentially a coach on the court, moving guys around and getting them into position. His value is immense. It is immense. And it might not show up in the box score when he scores six points, but look at the rebounds, look at the assists, look at everything else that comes with it because it's not just about the scoring. That's what Steph and Clay are there for. Clay Thompson coming back has been a remarkable story, but there are still hurdles. There are still hiccups. The West can be won, and the Warriors can go all the way, but they are going to need Draymond Green healthy and contributing every night once they get to the postseason because if they don't have him, Amber, maybe they win a series or two at best, but it's eventually going to come to an end. And if they end up running into a team like Dallas in the opening round, look out because the Mavericks have one of the best defenses in the NBA, a bona fide elite superstar talent, Luka Doncic, and they have been a freight train since like the opening 25 games of the season when they got themselves organized and have been playing the rest of the way out. An absolute freight train down the stretch here. Yes, a freight train down the stretch. Golden State allowed their second straight game with a team scoring over 120 points last night. And it's not just Draymond Green that's the problem. They're also missing Andre Iguodala. And you see what those two guys do bring. I mean, you mentioned everything that Green brings there in terms of offense and defense. Iggy, of course, is incredibly important from a defensive perspective again, uh, or as well. And that's really been the common denominator here. They have just been allowing opponents to do whatever they want with very little resistance in the absence of these guys both injured players should be returning soon but we don't have a set timetable 
for either of them. Warriors Lakers coverage begins at 8 p.m. on most ESPN radio stations. So, Joe, what this has done with the Warriors on this skid right now is it kind of has opened up the West in an interesting way. I guess there's two ways to look at this, so I'll pose this to you. Does this now become a one-horse race? Because most of the season we've been talking about, hey, the West, there's not much parity. It's kind of Suns, Warriors, and then everybody else. And the East has all this parity. It's anybody's conference. And now I guess you could look at it, well, hey, now it's just a one-horse race. This is the Suns conference, and everybody else can go ahead and go home and go to bed. Or you could look at it like, hey, maybe this thing is closer than we expected it to be, and the West is more wide open. Chris Paul's status is the linchpin to the argument as to whether or not it's going to be wide open. Because if he comes back healthy, ready to play, good to go, past the injury, when they start the postseason run, they're the cream of the crop. Draymond Green coming back puts Golden State right in contention as well. But there are three other teams that just look semi-dangerous if they can get on a run. Memphis, Utah, Dallas. I know people will say Utah flames out every year. I get it. But we said that about Milwaukee last season. Remember that. We gave Milwaukee virtually no chance because of what we had seen in the past, and they got the job done. So I wouldn't discount them yet, but a healthy Chris Paul gives Phoenix definitely the edge. Look at you giving the Grizz some much-needed love. I would even maybe throw the Nuggets into that conversation as well. But it has certainly made things more interesting in the NBA, this little skid here from the Warriors. Coming up next, we'll keep things interesting on ESPN Radio, or Barton Hahn will do that for you. This has been Greeny. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.